title of the message this morning is The First Commandment. And that does not mean numerically, but it is a scriptural phrase uh, not found here in the text that I'm reading, uh, but it is one that, uh, that is used in the book of Mark. And you can find that in the book of Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34, uh, where the question is asked, what is the first commandment? The first would not be, like I say, numerically, but it's first as far as importance uh, encompassing all the commandments. Uh, so uh, this was not something that was exclusive but it was something that was inclusive of the others. It was foundational. That's what we mean by first. It was foundational. Uh, it was foundational uh, of the commandments, and so that is why it is referred to as the first commandment in the book of Mark. In the book of Matthew, in the book of Luke, it is called... Uh, the greatest commandment. And uh, we're going to read that this morning. If you would stand with me, we'll read just a couple verses, three verses. Uh, Luke 10, 25 to 28. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. And we're closing our reading there with verse 28. Bow your heads with me for prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this word this morning. Once again, we realize that this job is far beyond the scope of my ability, that I do not have the knowledge, I do not have the wherewithal to present this word of myself. I did not put myself in this position, but you called me to preach the gospel, and I pray to your Lord that you'll help me this morning as I rely upon you, and I pray to your Lord you'll speak to the hearts of all that hear the word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Being Bible scholars, I'm sure that you know when the Bible says that a certain lawyer stood up that it was not talking about somebody like what we have today in a courtroom that uh, would plead a case, but it was talking about somebody that was knowledgeable and studied how to apply the law of Moses. It was not, it was not studying the, the law like we have today, although when you think about it, the law of Moses was more than just 
religious laws. They also had the civil laws, how people were to behave toward each other. So this lawyer would have a, a challenging job. If you read back through the first five books of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you know that there are many things contained therein. One of them, the old law, remember what one of the old laws was? An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, so uh, uh, it was also, uh, there were laws in there that talked about uh, if, a, if a person uh, uh, built a, 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 a terrace and did not put uh, a framework around it for protection for people and somebody fell off of that, there was liability. Uh, people were liable for not making provision for safety. So, yeah, it's, it's easy to think about just the religious part of it. Uh, there, were, there were laws in there about relationships with uh, man and woman. Uh, there were laws in there that uh, had strict penalties for those that would steal if a person stole for uh, a need, if they were hungry. Uh, it was different than if somebody was just stealing for greed. Uh, there, there were many things covered in the law. Uh, how often these lawyers were called on to give their, uh, their version or their interpretation of what the law of Moses said and how it was to be applied I do not know the answer to that, uh, but uh, there, were, there were some frightful things contained in the law of Moses, and I'm sure that uh, there were times in a religious society, perhaps going back before the time when the Romans were actually in charge, and Roman law would, would uh, in some ways trump or supersede uh, the law of the Old Testament. Uh, recall when uh, they wanted to kill Jesus, remember uh, they were forbidden to do that by the Romans. Uh, according to their law, they said he should die. Uh, but they, their hands were tied because they were under Roman authority. Now, sometimes they ignored that. And uh, you think about times when there were stonings that were carried out where there was executions on the spur of the moment where crowds uh, took control and uh, where uh, life was taken. Uh, recall in the New Testament where uh, when Paul was preaching, uh, I can't recall now if it was Lystra uh, or what town it was he was preaching in. Uh, they had an uprising and it was, it was quelled with the advice, uh, you better hope that we don't get called by the Roman officials to answer for what went on here this day. So Roman law uh, did 
carry the, the authority at that time. But go back through the Old Testament as, as the Jewish people were not under foreign domination. Uh, this would be the way things were supposed to be adjudicated according to the law of Moses. And so uh, uh, this man supposedly had studied and others like him. Now when you read about the scribes, they were the copyists, weren't they? They were the, the Gutenberg, weren't they? Uh, they were the printing press. Uh, there was no printing press, and so the scribes were continually copying. They were continually going through the parchments because parchments cracked. Uh, they, they could be made out of papyrus. They could be made out of skins. Uh, they would get old and crack apart. So there had to be an ongoing uh, battery of people that were copying. And the copying was supposed to be done very correctly, very carefully to make sure there was no error. When you're thinking about uh, writing Hebrew, uh, with all those little marks that they have, it wouldn't take much. Remember when Jesus talked about one jot or one tittle will not pass to all fulfilled? Uh, he was talking about very little indicators that would make uh, a word in Hebrew or a part of a word. And so uh, the, the copyist's job was, was very tiring, and there are many interesting things there of how they reverence the name of God and so forth that I won't go into this morning. But you've no doubt have heard some of those things. But just one wrong stroke as they were copying, as it was proofread, would mean that days or whatever, weeks of copying, this was ruined. It would be thrown out. Uh, they would not keep it because uh, it was not accurate. And so it, gave, it gives us great confidence when we read the words of the ancient text that they are recorded as accurately as God could safeguard them and that we see this when the, the caves uh, around Qumran where they found those Dead Sea Scrolls that were well preserved because uh, of the dryness, the lack, the lack of moisture that would cause molding and so forth, uh, that these were preserved. We don't have all the books, but we have some of them. And uh, I've actually preached from the Dead Sea Scrolls. I have a book that has Dead Sea Scrolls uh, translated. And it goes right along with the King James text very closely. And so we can thank God for the accuracy there. And so this, this man had an important job. Uh, he was not a copyist. 
uh, he was one that studied what the copyists did that would pour over the laws of Moses. Now you realize that uh, there were there were so many laws, and when the when when the lawyers looked back over the the laws of Moses, they determined that there were 613 of them. When I was in Israel, they told us that there were as many laws in the book, in the books of Moses as there were seeds in a pomegranate. And uh, our guide, Shiraga, said that he had never cut a pomegranate and tried to count the seeds. Uh, but if you had a pomegranate, you know there are a lot of seeds in there. Uh, I also read by one scholar that they actually believed that it was the number of letters that were used in the Ten Commandments. The number of letters that were used in the Ten Commandments were the number of laws that were contained in the first five books of Moses. Uh, so you can see it gets very involved. And so, uh, was this lawyer, it says he tempted him. Uh, when you read Matthew and Mark, uh, you are not quite sure what it means by tempted. It may mean tested him. He may have tested him. He was Jesus was a rabbi. He was teaching the people. Uh, as you read back in the book of, of Matthew and Mark, you realize that Jesus had answered the Sadducees very well and that uh, the, the Pharisees, and this lawyer was a Pharisee, saw how Jesus had quieted the Sadducees and realized that Jesus had answered very well when, when, he, when he put to silence the Sadducees. I'll remind you that the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in spirits. Uh, they didn't receive all of the Old Testament. Uh, they, were, they were religious atheists in, in many respects. Uh, so uh, Jesus had answered them about the resurrection. Uh, whose wife will that be that was married seven times? Uh, it, uh, it might be applicable to today to the number of people that people are married to. Uh, they have... Uh, kind of omitted a lot of times reading obituaries because they're, they're too involved and too embarrassing in some respects if you go with exact facts uh, of what a person has done in their life. It's not, it's not like the old days, folks. It's not like the old days. And, uh, and so uh, it, it can be a, a difficult thing to deal with all the facts if they're laid out uh, for all to know. So uh, we are told that, uh, that when 
this lawyer stood up and tested Jesus. Uh, that uh, he said, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, so, um, eternal life. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of people asking questions like that today, do we? They, if they have them, they pretty well keep them to themselves, and they've kind of got it figured out that uh, you take a little bit of what uh, Uncle Al said, a little bit of what Aunt Jenny said, and, and a little bit about what maybe a preacher down the hills that you knew said, and you just kind of mix it all up, and you say, well, you know, somewhere in here uh, lies the truth, and so if I just do the best I can, I'll, I'll certainly be okay if I do the best I can, uh, because God knows that I'm really not a bad person. I've made some mistakes, but uh, I'm really not a bad person, so, so I will be okay. Uh, but this man had the had the courage to ask, actually ask the question, uh, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Um, and so whether people are asking the question or not, it's a great question. What do I need to do to go to heaven? What do I need to do to be included in God's kingdom? And it cannot be a conglomeration of opinions. It has to be according to God's word, according to what the teachings of God have been to us. And so Jesus directs him back to the word. What is written in the law? How readest thou? Today we would say what is, what is written in the Bible and do you read it? <laughs> Do you read it? Well, he knew that this lawyer knew what the law said. But uh, in the book of Mark, Jesus gives a, a summary of the laws here. The, the lawyer gives the summary of the laws. What is written in the law? How readest thou? Now, you think about the Ten Commandments. Uh, we, we know the Ten Commandments. Probably we don't. Most of us might might not want to be put on the spot. I think was it two two or three years ago, Christy, when I was doing VBS, and I messed up on the Ten Commandments. Uh, I think you and Allison straightened me out uh, because I was calling one uh, a number that it was not correct. Uh, I I have to refresh my mind on some of this stuff. It doesn't stay permanently fixed, and uh, if I don't go back and review, I can get caught. And so I, I try to be correct, but I'm sure I'm not always correct. And uh, I try not to make too big a mess up uh, when, when I mess up. Uh, but uh, if I mess up, I do fess up. Uh, if I find out about it, I tell you about it and, and tattle on myself. Uh, so, if we would go back and look at the Ten Commandments, where would we find the Ten Commandments? We'd find them in the book of Exodus. 
chapter 20. We would find them repeated for us again in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, and starting around verse 7, where Moses reiterates the Ten Commandments. But uh, when this lawyer, this expert, uh, gives the what he says is uh, the this great commandment, he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Well, that's not number one, is it? Uh, that's not number one. Uh, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, but Jesus said, you've answered right. This do, and you shall live. So where were they getting this? Uh, if you read back in the Old Testament, uh, you'll find that this was a summation. And it was, it was one that was given, uh, that was called uh, the Shema. Uh, it was something that was recited by every good Jew every morning and every evening. And it was called the Shema because, S-H-E-M-A, uh, because it, that is in Hebrew, here. It means here. And so it, it comes from the text of Scripture that is found in the book of Deuteronomy, um, and let me see if I can read my writing here. It is found in the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 6. Verses 4 and 5. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. And here it is. Hear, O Israel. There's here, Shema. O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love... The Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. So that is what they were referring to. It's also uh, repeated again in uh, 11, chapter 11, uh, verses 13 to 21, I believe. And this is the promise that goes along with it. So that's not the exact. Um, and it shall come to pass if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, 
to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Then he goes on with the promise, I shall give you the rain of your field, uh, the rain of your land. And so this, this was what uh, was commonly accepted then as the summary of the Ten Commandments. Now, in case you have forgotten what the Ten Commandments are, look over at Exodus chapter 20, or you could go back. Well, let's go to Exodus 20, because Deuteronomy 5 is a little, is a little more wordy. Uh, so, Exodus is the first time that we read these Ten Commandments that God gave. And it says in Exodus chapter 20 that verse 2, I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. No other gods. Commandment 1, no other gods before me. Uh, and it goes on to reiterate this command. No graven images or likenesses and so forth. I'm not going to read all that. Uh, tells them not to bow down to them. Uh, and then uh, it says, uh, You are not to make any idols. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. No other gods, no graven images. In verse 4, uh, you're not to bow down to them. You're not to serve them. Uh, you're not to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So there's number three in verse seven. Uh, number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Am I doing okay, Christy? Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> and then we go to uh, what God has said about, about the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then we go to uh, the verse that says honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land so there we are at five number five and then we go to the shorter ones that are easy for us thou shalt not kill thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not steal thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor thou shalt not covet uh, and so those are the ten. And like I say, you can find them again in Deuteronomy 5. Uh, but they were all summarized. Uh, they said they were all encapsulated in, in this summation, the Shema, where it is to love the Lord your God. Uh, so uh, Jesus Jesus gave this, and the, the Bible says that uh, when, when the lawyer gave this here, he gave it in Mark 6, or Mark chapter 12, uh, that here he says, you've answered, you've answered rightly, this do and you shall live. And so I began to think about what this lawyer had said. Uh, when you stop to think about what he said, uh, 
you must love God with your whole being. Uh, we have we have love him with your whole heart. Love him with your whole soul. Love him with your might is what the Old Testament says in the King James or strength is what is given. Love him with your mind which is a, a word that comes from the Septuagint. Uh, so that's, that is pretty tough stuff when you stop to think about it, isn't it? It's pretty tough stuff. Um, John Wesley preached a sermon uh, where he talked about perfect love. And we would have people today that would say, uh, it's impossible to have perfect love. And yet, that is what is spelled out here when this lawyer answers this question. Uh, that if you love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, <laughs> that, that is perfection. And would anybody stay, say that we love God that way? John Wesley taught, this was one of his favorite texts, because if you love God that way, then that excludes evil. Uh, it's like saying if, if everything in your life is full of God, you have no room for evil. God has crowded all that out. But who of us would say that? And after I studied this and read this, read all about these, all these commandments and all these rules that were given to follow and, and all the things that were, were expected if people were going to keep the law, I said, thank God I'm a gospel preacher. <laughs> thank God I believe in grace because I can't do it. But I know that Jesus had made provision for us to live the way we need to live. And that's what he talks about in the book of John, uh, where he's talking to his disciples in John chapter 14. And he says, if you love me, in verse 15, keep my commandments. Well, yeah, we love you, Lord. So what about loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? If you love me, keep my commandments. He says, I will pray the Father in verse 16, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And there's the secret to loving God with all of our heart because the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness moves into our lives. And it does not mean that we do everything perfectly, but we do have another power in our lives. And it's like the Old Testament talks about having a heart, a new heart, the old heart taken out and a new heart. And the new heart wants to serve God, wants to follow God. 
wants to be obedient to the things of God. And Jesus said, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to come. Uh, verse 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you without help. I will come to you. Uh, he says, it's just a little while until I'm going to be gone, but uh, there's one that's coming that's going to be Jesus in you. It's going to be the spirit of holiness in you. And uh, he says that uh, he is going to be available to us. In verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19 that we love him because he first loved us. He came to us. He made a way for us to know and experience his love in our lives that then can cause a reciprocity. It can cause a return of love to him. And the wonderful songs that Tom picked out for us today. <coughs> I love him better every day. And as we walk with Jesus, we do, don't we? We love him better. We, we come to want to follow him and be more like him and let him work in our hearts, hearts and lives. And the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. And he brings the things of God to us to help us so that we can be more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so, yes, this lawyer thought he had the answer. But when Jesus gave him that challenge, when he said, when he said, if you will do these things, then you can live. Uh, we realize that he gave him an impossible thing for him to do. And this lawyer would have known that. This lawyer had things working in his life, and we're not going on with the story. But he already had things working in his life that he knew were not according to the law of love. And so the Bible tells us that if we do not keep the whole law and we offend in one point that we're guilty of all. Uh, the, the word tells us that we have, we have this law and yet uh, in ourselves, we cannot do it. Uh, it, is, it is fulfilled only by the law of love. Romans 13.10 tells us this, and I'll read that for you, Romans 13.10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Let's go back a few verses here. 
Um, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended or summed up in this, saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And so Christ comes into our life. Christ brings us love that fills our hearts and lives. And then we're able to live for the Lord as is pleasing unto him. Uh, look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. And it says this. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law. To do them, so that that is in long form. What I said in short form, that if we mess up in one point, then we have broken all the law. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. So I say again, I'm glad I'm a gospel preacher. I'm glad that it is Jesus Christ that has taken the, the curse of the law upon himself and that because of that, I am now under faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus has redeemed me. Verse 13, 313, Jesus has redeemed or bought me back from the curse of the law. He took that on himself and he gladly did that for me. So, friends, while we may fail in many ways, we thank God. God, that Jesus loved us, gave himself for us. And yes, we are to love God and we are to follow him. But we have a go-between, we have Jesus. And aren't you glad that we have Jesus to love and serve and follow and know that he knows all about us and knows about our weaknesses and our problems. So that's what I have for you this morning. Um, the more I read this, the more I thought, wow, I'm glad, I'm glad for what Jesus did. I'm glad that Jesus set me free because otherwise I would not be able to make it. But he's made a way for each one of us, folks. Aren't you glad? Will you stand with me this morning?
Lord, thank you for our time together this morning. We have endeavored to bring the word and to make it plain, to make it according to what is taught in the New Testament. Thank you that we're not under the Old Testament, that we are under the New Testament. We're under the law of grace. We're under what Jesus has done for us. And we, once again this morning, acclaim him, praise him for being our Savior, for making a way for us to get to heaven. Because as this lawyer found out, if he didn't already, if he didn't know it during his lifetime, he found out at the end of his life that the law could not get him to heaven. It had to be through the provision that Jesus was going to make. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to avail ourselves of that provision in every way and to follow you and to be thankful every day for what you've done. Lord Jesus, I pray for those that are outside the ark of safety this morning, those that do not know Christ as Savior, I pray you'll help them to reach out to you. Ask your forgiveness. Ask, dear Lord, for you to come into their lives. I pray, dear Lord, that you will take the words that have been spoken today and that you will cause people to be disturbed if they're not in Christ, that they would call upon Jesus and find the mercy that's there for them. We ask, dear Lord, now that you'll go with us as we go our way. Have your hand upon us, and we thank you, Lord, for our time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.